right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we are fired up today. It's all about that third pedal. Yes, indeed. We're going deep into Clutch. One of the most underrated rock bands on the on, on the planet, I, I, but I want to set that aside. We're not talking about rock bands. We're actually talking about the mechanism, the clutch, the third pedal, the fun pedal. I think a lot of people would probably say, Kev, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, man. There tends to be a lot of fun factor in that little third pedal. Yeah, if we go back, you know, on PC, it used to be uh, a lot of times referred to as the man pedal, which... Very on PC, so maybe it's the person pedal. I, I don't know what you would do it, but the fun pedal is definitely where I'm at, man. And uh, you and I, Willie, we go way back. We are all about that extra pedal. We're all about rowing gears because uh, there's so much more fun to be had for whatever reason with one more pedal in there, you know, and that stick that you can kind of wiggle around and stick in various places when you want it, you know? Yeah, man. And look, there's nothing wrong with calling it the man pedal because it is, bro. You know why? Women have an inherent problem just driving. Um, <laughs> you want proof? Look at my wife's driving record. Uh, enough said. So, look, I will tell you, man, there is something about just being able to control your car the way that a, a manual transmission allows you to control it. Yeah, there's all kinds of feedback loops and things that you get to, to give you you know, a, a little bit of control and, and allow you to, to do things with the car um, that's a blast and that's fun. But, man, there's nothing like being able to, to really harness the power of a clutch, um, you know, roll some gears, uh, kick it out when you want to, or just, you know, stab it and then uh, let her eat when, uh, when you're feeling <laughs> froggy. It's just, it, it's a blast. It's one of those things that, man, once you figure it out and the way to play with it, <laughs> man, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, my dad told me that as a small kid, but yeah, yep, yep. I totally get it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so there's so much going on in a clutch. Uh, and, and, you know, from drivability to the effort, you know, we've all been in different vehicles to then when you start, you know, adding a lot of performance, adding a lot of horsepower, adding a lot of torque, there's a lot of considerations in there and probably a lot of trade-offs. Right. So right, what right. might be really easy on a really mild application 
uh, you know, and make the pedal feel just right, have the travel, you know, feel nice and sort of linear as the clutch is grabbing, as you're kind of re-engaging and all that stuff. Um, you know, some of that can start getting a little haywire uh, when you start building, you know, big power. So all of a sudden you need bigger clutch springs and really clamp that sucker down. All of a sudden your calf is burning, uh, stuck in traffic or, you know, doing the slow roll and whatnot. Uh, you can you know, change materials in there. It's going to give you different bite, but you know, maybe it's got some chatter depending on your combination. So man, there's a lot of pitfalls to a clutch. I and mean, you can go right down into a deep, dark hole that you didn't want to be in if you go down the wrong path, right? So we've got right. Jeff, he's uh Jeff Gurko. He is the man, the owner of Mantic Clutch. Uh, and he's going to really walk us through all the ins and outs of what it takes Man at Clutch USA. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's bringing it to USA, baby. Yeah. It's an Australian company. Um, but, yeah, he, he owns, runs, uh, and is a big, hardcore car enthusiast um, for that USA division. And he, dude, I'm telling you, this guy loves it, eats it, breathes it. Um, super cool. Uh, it, it's one of those things. If you do a little comparison, this is what I encourage anybody to do, right? Do a comparison of what's out there, what's available, the performance you're going to get out of each of those components and overall, because I don't know that anybody addresses their performance factors like the the team at Manic does. Like every aspect um, that you're getting and receiving, all the way down to the packaging, right? It is designed to be one of a kind, unique, and really just just really cater to that performance person out there who really wants, you know, the best of the best. And he does it at a price that's, that's affordable, man, that, that's comparable to everybody else out there. So it, it can make a big difference in the way your car performs, launches, feels, the feedback you're getting, you know, how your leg's getting pumped up in traffic. A lot of things go into it, man. <laughs> uh, amen. And, you know, if you're starting with just a, a basic mild application check them out if you're building power and performance absolute must like willie said in benchmark do whatever you need to do uh, that's why we've got jeff on because he is the man these guys pay attention to every detail there's no shortcuts so we're going to walk through what the right path is you decide if that's for you or not but man they got some great stuff in there so yeah take us out willie let's come back with jeff and start diving into the world of clutches man this is huge this is the fun part that can go sour in a heartbeat so let's keep it on the good side look we gotta take a break now we'll grab a gear when we get back he's kevin bird i'm willie b and this is the two guys garage podcast when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have our boy Jeff on from Mantic Clutches USA. Dude, Jeff, how you been, man? First and foremost, how's life, man? How's your world? Oh, brother, we are hanging in. Some days we are hanging on. It has been, it's been a pretty good <laughs> couple months, I'd say. But good to, good to be with you guys. Always good to be with you guys. Yeah, I think last time we, we caught up with you, you know, there was the, the going into the pandemic and uh, you know, there was that pause that everybody felt for a little bit, but then, you know, the aftermarket things just kind of ramped up and went wild, man. So 
how has things been kind of since then? Did you did you ride the waves? Everything kind of good on the on the business side, keeping busy? Yeah, man. I mean, we really uh, kind of like you said, you know, the industry definitely thrived kind of throughout the whole pandemic. I think everybody had a little extra time on their hands. So parts parts that were on the shelves were flying off the shelves. Um, and we actually uh, we were very fortunate. You know, our uh, our Australian counterparts were able to actually <laughs> they almost did better supplying during the pandemic than before, which is crazy. But, hey. We'll take it. So, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was nuts. We actually, we, we came into a situation where we're like, you know, we can drop ship stuff quicker and cheaper than we can get whole pallets apart. So a lot of our customers, we were just able to drop ship, you know, clutches directly to them. They were getting the stuff in like a week, week and a half. We look like rock stars, man. It was fantastic. Nice. Nice, nice. Way cool, man. Way cool. So, Jeff, I, I got to ask you, man, with, with everything, obviously, the last couple of years, um, you know, the, the, a lot of these, you know, people that manufacture these parts and, and supply chain stuff and all that, has it eased up for you guys? Has it, you know, it sounds like it wasn't ever a real big issue for you, but are you seeing that things that you need are coming faster? Is that getting more efficient or is it kind of the same song and dance right now? Um, I think it's definitely getting better. Like we were actually able to get some sea freight in over the summer, which just makes it a little easier, you know, cause it never fails. I get three or four calls a week. Hey man, I need to run your stuff. My car's stuck on the lift. It broke down yesterday. So we can do that. You know, we can, you know, we can next day stuff and that helps out. But no, I think, uh, I think we're, we've rounded the corner. I think things are starting to get kind of back to normal. We got another, uh, shoot, I got another, eight pallets of parts coming in it's starting to get kind of back to normal so that's uh definitely makes it a little a little easier to uh <laughs> get through your day to day well that's a good sign so once you dive into um before we get into performance of what you guys are, are really you know banging on um have you guys added skews and um you know with with all these new cars being manufactured a lot of people are you know they're doing turbos on any kind of platform now um can you walk us through is it everything from subarus to chevys what what do you got what are you making performance parts for yeah man you know we've primarily been really strong in the domestic market and semantic clutch usa but um some of the bigger movers the big influx uh we've seen a big influx in like the hellcats and the challengers because i am a big dodge guy i gotta put that out there but uh, you know, the Woo! the addition of uh, I was gonna say Willie B likes that. That's 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 brownie oh. points right there. Um, the addition of uh, the Mustang Mach One has been a pretty nice uh, little bump for us. Um, I think that was a pretty smart move on Ford's part to kind of take the the little bit the better Tremec trans that they had and get it into a little bit more affordable package with five liter, which uh, which has been pretty cool. Um, as Willie, you can attest to, we've been doing a lot of resto mod cars, a lot of LS swaps and Coyote swaps. Um, the, probably the most fun one we did over the summer was a 72 Bronco with a Coyote swap in it and uh, a crazy four low box in it. That that thing, <laughs> once they wrap up a couple of the fits, that thing should be pretty cool. So, so yeah, man, we're, we're just pumping along, baby. Yeah, man. Well, you know, Jeff, I got some, I got some good tech questions, maybe to kind of get us rolling here, because, you know, I, you know, I know where we're going, because, you know, with with as much horsepower as out there, 
clutches are going from single disc to twin disc to triples to you name it, right? Uh, so that's the trend. But, you know, if we just start with the basics on a clutch, uh, you know, as I mentioned in the intro there, everybody's driven different clutches. And all of a sudden, you know, you'll start to find that like, man, I love this clutch. This is great. It's, it's a great driving clutch. And, and that makes the fun factor go up. And you get in another vehicle and it's like an on-off pedal. Uh, or, or other things that are just undesirable. So what are some of the features and designs, materials that make just, regardless of the performance, make a good clutch? And then we can see, you know, kind of what trade-offs we got to have as you start, you know, building up power and changing some of those things. Oh, sure. So I think the biggest game changer is kind of what you led into, you know, the readiness or the availability of the multi-disc clutches really gives you an expanded toolbox in that you don't have to run such a crazy aggressive friction material to get the torque capacity that you need. Whenever you can add in another disc to your clutch, you essentially double the torque capacity. Maybe not exactly, but that's essentially kind of how it works because your clutch's torque capacity, uh, one of its factors is the number of friction surfaces. Right, because you keep the same, let's say, Right, you could technically keep the same spring rate for a, a low output engine, uh, add a clutch in there, so you're stacking, so you're getting right that doubling effect without having to increase the spring pressure, which, man, you feel directly in your calf. Uh, so, so that's going to be the the effort, right? So the effort to you know engage, disengage the clutch, um, and, and just like you said, I mean, you can start doing that by by stacking uh, discs, and you know if you if you want to, and I think the trend typically is now you can start to shrink the diameter down. You don't need as big a diameter because that's a lever arm like a torque wrench, right? So you can shrink the diameter down. You can really reduce the rotational inertia. So that's another performance factor right out of the gate with, right, multi-disc clutch. So that's that's an awesome feature. And anybody who likes, uh, you know, heel-toe kind of rev matching, uh, any kind of inertia that you get out of there and just pure acceleration. You hammer on it, and you can feel your vehicle go faster. I mean, I know I get in my car, I've got an aluminum flywheel on it with a multi-disc, and uh, just the snappiness, you know, revving the engine, zing, zing, you know, it's 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 fast, and you can feel it. Um, but so, let, so let's say, you know, within a single, double, triple, whatever type of clutch, uh, that's the effort part. Now, what about the drivability, right? Just the engagement, right? You feel sometimes a chatter. You feel sometimes it just... It grabs. Sometimes there's a nice little slip in, you know? Hey, I, I think you guys may may miss a cool spot here, maybe to help uh, some people listening on the podcast. Can you walk us through some of those things that, that are unique, that make a clutch better performance sort of um, characteristics? Like you mentioned, uh, you know, you have aluminum flywheel. That's going to make a big difference. Um, all that, you know, all that weight and that, the, the inertia there it takes to spin that up. What are some things that, you know, either Kev, you're probably, you know, well-versed in walking us through it, or Jeff, probably the same thing. What are some things that you guys are doing at Manic that is just either A, just better, or B, you do so for a performance basis and reason uh, over a, a regular, you know, factory stock clutch that somebody's going to pick up at their local, you know, parts store? Oh, yeah. So at the core of our design philosophy we basically we try to build a better clutch by using better materials so our cover the billet aluminum cover we have uh, 
billet steel drive block. The uh, pressure ring is all one billet piece. So you start using some better materials, you start adding or say building strength into your product. And that goes a long way. That also kind of helps with the feel because you don't have as much deflection. The cover is deflexing when you step on the pedal. You actually have control over what you're moving. Um, we also try to use, say, better friction materials. Um, everything from our organic to more of our bread and butter is our stair metallic, which is kind of a, kind of a bronze and an iron and a, obviously ceramic kind of blend. Kind of gives you the best of, of all worlds. What's the, what do you say the trade-offs are between between the organic and the ceramic? What what kind of trade-offs temperature-wise, uh, you know, grip and friction, uh, even just you know that that sort of um, drivability function that we were talking about a second ago? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not much trade-off. The ceramic material is just that much better of a material. It has a higher uh, higher resistance to heat. It does have a little bit higher coefficient of friction, but it's still got enough give to it, if you will, that uh, you can engage it pretty smoothly. And another key factor that, that often gets overlooked, we keep a lot of cushion in the discs, which is like a little bit of a spring, and that lets you engage the clutch slower and more controlled so you can pull away smoothly. Is that the Marcel that you're talking about? The Marcel spring? Yep. 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 Marcel spring, cushion. Um, you can see if you look at the disc, most of the discs are constructed um, it's kind of called a leaf, and uh, it's that it's that spring, it's that Marcel that uh, that actually lets it. It kind of gives it its table manner, kind of lets it behave a little bit. Now, if you didn't have those springs on, if if those springs weren't in there, how would that clutch react? So, don't confuse the springs in the center with the leaves on the outside. Leaves on the outside is what makes it drive nice. Those springs in the center, they're just there to absorb like noise at idle, it kind of acts like a little bit of a shock absorber because if you guys, if anybody got a chance to watch an engine at idle, it doesn't rotate real smooth. It's kind of jerky. Well, those springs in that hub kind of float and it absorbs some of that bad NVH and keeps the drivetrain quiet, keeps keeps the rest of the vehicle kind of quiet. Uh, if, we're, if we're building a clutch for a drift car or a road race car or even something with a sequential trans, then we just go solid hub because at that point it doesn't matter and uh, you want to make things as strong as you can anyway so uh so that's that's just kind of a little different there but go ahead Kev, what'd you have yeah i was gonna say for anybody that's familiar with obviously a disc and uh you know disc brake setup so you got your rotor and you got your caliper that's clamping right so your your spring you know your clutch spring is doing the clamping of the pads on a disc uh well think about the two sides of your disc on a rotor if they were individual pieces, so both the inner and the outer shininess, and you see those little ribs in between. So if there was a little spring between those, when you go to grab that clutch, right, uh, you're not grabbing onto a hard surface and immediately wanting to er, hit the brakes, you know, like just grab. It, it's gonna start to apply a little bit of pressure because there's a spring between the discs. And then as you know, you release more of your clutch pedal, that spring kind of goes away and everything firms up. So it's just a nice gradual uh, kind of grabbing of those uh, those discs. So like you said, it really just helps soften up that grab and let you do a little better, smoother transition of in and out of the clutch. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's that transition point from uh, from woe to go, as I often explain to customers. That's, uh, 
that's what you're trying to trying to maximize right there. Woe to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So explain how that's different than, you know, we've all gotten into that four-speed, the old-school car where, you know, you're pushing really hard on that pedal, and there's one point in that throw as the clutch is coming off, it's it's bite, you better be applying a gas or or you're just going to die instantaneously, just like, you know, and it's it's biting (laughs) you. Um, What's going on? What's the difference in how those two are reacting um, what's going on in that old school and compared to what you guys are doing to soften some of that blow up? So a lot of the old school clutches used a traditional coil spring to deliver that clamp load. And most everything today, our clutches include, uses a diaphragm spring. Now, a diaphragm spring kind of has, uh, has a sweet spot, if you will, where it's exerting its maximum clamp load, maximum you know, squeezing of the clutch, but it's taking the minimal amount of effort to actually make it move but you'll kind of you sometimes kind of feel that a lot of people describe it as like an over center feeling you always want to tune the clutch and tune the spring right to that sweet spot that way your your leg muscles aren't aching but you get all the uh, uh all the clamp load that you can out of the clutch so that's kind of one of the triggers now granted it's talking about tuning the clutch <laughs> yeah man listen i do some weird stuff in my off time sorry well that's the stuff that you guys are doing <laughs> in the background right you're tuning the clutch so that, right, we don't think about it. We just push the pedal and it feels good. But like I said, that's why I harp on it because, you know, I've been in enough vehicles with just ugly clutches and all of a sudden you're like, what the, f- this is not the fun pedal. This is the, like, I'm working at this pedal, you know, like what happened here? This is the misery pedal. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> and, you know, so like one of our challenges is we'll take um, like the Hellcats and the, and the Challengers versus um, like the C7. So Challengers and the Hellcats, even the Vipers, they've got a long pedal travel. You've got a lot of bearing throw to play with. So we have to build the clutch a little bit differently with a little bit more cushion to make it feel correct. So you want it to release kind of about, about an inch off the floor because it works well. Brace yourself, Kevin. You'll like this. Works well with the kinematics of your, of your leg, of your heel mm-hmm. and of your yeah. knee and where that pedal is, it, it makes it quote unquote, feel, feel good. Cause you're in a position where you can control it. If the pedals like uh, right at the top or the clutch releases really quickly, it gets kind of awkward because your knee and your leg just isn't in the right position. And uh, you know, again, for like my guys that, uh, that run drift cars, we'll set them up with a clutch that releases really quickly, but then we'll usually shorten up that pedal travel to try to make it feel a little bit better for them. So they have a little more sense of control. Stuff. All just kind of tricks of the trade, stuff you pick up here and there. Yeah, it definitely says it's not a one size fits all, right? You guys are you guys are spending the time and looking at the details for each application, uh, so that at the end of the day, when we get in and we push that pedal, it just goes, ah, oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you got my sweet spot. <laughs> e- easy, fellas. I didn't think it was that kind of podcast. E- easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yet, but we got to get take it. We got to take a break. But when we come back, it might get to that kind of podcast. Who knows with this guy, uh, Jeff Manic, Kevin Bird, Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast, and we're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have our boy Jeff from Manic Clutches. You guys got to get online and look these things up, man. They're amazing. I got them in a few of my performance cars, um, and we've had them on the show. They're just absolutely unbelievable, the performance they uh, 
they have in these clutches. And, and I think it's a, you know, Kevin, you were kind of reiterating this early on. There's a lot of performance you can get out of that clutch. And a lot of times people are completely oblivious to it. Well, and, and what I've seen, and this is why I think, you know, Mantic's nailing it, is, uh, you know, you're trying to fit in more discs. And a lot of times you start thrifting out some of the things that we talked about before the break, right? All those features that make a clutch work and feel right, right? Because it's all about engaging with your vehicle, right? You're trying to quick shift. You're trying to rev match. You're trying to, you know, pull out of this corner without upsetting your car. Well, when your clutch isn't set up right, when you start chintzing out or when you start eliminating certain features, uh, you know, because you're trying to pack in different amounts of, of discs in there, uh, you know, then the whole experience goes downhill. So yeah, you're getting performance, but you're trading off in, in other areas. And so, right, I think it's that perfect blend where you, you keep all that drivability and you build performance. Uh, and, and Jeff, I remember last time we talked to you, uh, in some of your, your setups, you can go from a single to a double, like you can kind of keep incrementing. Is that, is that true for all of your applications or do you need to go in ahead of time and think, well, I'm going to start with a dual clutch. And if I add more performance, more turbo, more, whatever I can, then I can work my way up to a triple or beyond or a quad. Uh, I'm working on a Quinn right now. I didn't have the quintuple clutch ready for SEMA, but it's in the works. So Oof. there you go, people. You heard it here first. Um, oh, yeah. Nice. So w- one of our benefits is, you know, we essentially use the same clutch, at least the same clutch components for our application, and it's all modular. So, yeah, we can go from twin to triple to quad to quintuple when I get that one worked out. But, um, but yeah, it, it makes it pretty easy to kind of switch in and out. So like I had one customer who started out with a uh, twin organic cause he was making about five fifty, and, and that's exactly what he did. He ramped it up to about eight seventy something. So we got that twin back, rebuilt it, remachined everything, switched him to the spare metallics and he drove it around, loved it for another four years. And then he came back and asked if we could do a triple. I'm like, sure, get it back, do a little machining. Added the third disc, and there you go. Man. So do you feel like that's something that the more power you're building, you just offset that by putting another uh, another plate in, another clutch in, and you can keep building these and syncing them up where it's uh, it's able to take the abuse? Yeah. Like I said, our, our materials are a little better, so we've innately got some more strength to play with, a little bit of strength on reserve. So, yeah, absolutely. That's our most common thing is, you know, people will buy our kind of our bread and butter is that ceramic twin because it drives beautifully, it handles the power, um, and you can, like I said, you can get it back. We can rebuild them and we can convert them into triples if you need. So that's that's kind of our more popular swap, or that's that's what usually customers come back to us to do. Yeah, that twin is kind of that sweet spot, but you know, we're building. You know, OEs are building cars now, pushing a thousand horsepower almost, uh, eights and nine hundreds. Uh, so, what do you recommend in that sort of space? Is a twin, you know, how far can a twin take you? When do you got to go into a triple? Uh, and then, you know, we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, four digit uh, horsepower numbers out there. Um, you know, what's, what's kind of that break point even beyond the triple? So, for the most part, if you're, if you're, 700, 800-ish at the tires, the twin is going to get it handled for you, no problem. If you're kind of on that cusp, let's say you're between 800 and 1,000, 800, 1,200 even, that's your triple disc category. And if you're, you know, pushing and 
it's it's interesting. I've had more customers coming to me. It's like they make the big jump. They're like, oh, I'm making I'm making fifteen hundred plus. Okay, well, we're looking at a quad disc. Um, you know, a lot of it too. Uh, and I always ask customers, you know, let's get a little more background here. How heavy of a car is it? What are the gear ratios? How much traction are you really making? Because yeah, you can have six million horsepower, but if you can only put down fifteen, well, <laughs> you know, you're kind of stuck. But um, a, a big challenge we have too, and and I almost always advise almost all of my Hellcat customers, I tell them just to go triple. You got so much drivetrain load in that car because they're already making a ton of power, um, and the gear ratios unfortunately aren't helping it. So uh, yeah, we tend to we tend to steer them that way, but. Like a lot of the C-Sex guys, a lot of the Mustang guys, a little lighter car, a little better gear ratios. The twin is usually the go-to on most of those. But uh, but I even say that, I you know, we had two triples come across the board today. So it shows you what I know. Man, so, uh, you know, you, you're, you're thinking just the factory cars. Now, when people put tunes in them, when people put a little, you know, bolt on here, bolt on there, we've seen it all too many times. You know, you could slap on a quick kit and some pulleys and new injectors and all of a sudden you're banging 1100 1200 is that something like you said they they need to look at it more or what do you guys have to service those those big time numbers and and where do you see it you know because at some point you think or the old perception was there's not a clutch that can handle this much power but i don't know if that's the case anymore yeah that's the thing like uh, you know you can make ridiculous amounts of power relatively easy. Now I say relative, there's still quite a bit of engineering and tuning that goes into it because, uh, um, you know, I've had a couple customers that have come and said, Hey, the clutch is, the clutch is great, except I melted a piston. I'm like, well, <laughs> apparently I need to start selling pistons. Sorry, bro. But, um, yeah, that's not the clutch, bro. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the clutch. Uh, one of my drift guys, this is great. He did a weekend about two weeks ago. Uh, Shout out to Chris Leonard. He's helped us out quite a bit. I uh, I texted him on Monday. I'm like, well, I said, how'd you do? His exact response was, I got 99 problems, but a clutch ain't one. I'm like, sweet. We're good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know what I love about people in, in the cars they're building nowadays? Like you mentioned drifting. My brother's kid is, is really into drifting. He's won a couple of drifting events lately. He got signed up with some team. I love the fact that people are using their cars, whether it's a resto mod, a little hot rod, whether it's a straight course, a road course, or an autocross course. Boy, people are enjoying their cars more and more often nowadays. And a lot of, a lot of that has to do with being able to get parts like yours in there and being able to throw them, throw them around a corner, a bend, or – you know, slam through some gears, man. It really does create that fun factor that, you know, that we just absolutely get addicted to. Oh, yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll throw another little tidbit out there, but I got to keep it somewhat under wraps because we're still kind of in development. We're working with a couple companies that are working on a couple platforms that may or may not only have offered a DCT, but because mm. people want to be able to row some gears, now they're retrofitting mostly mostly C fifty six Magnums with our clutches into some of the cars to give it a different personality, give it more of a uh, kind of like you say, be a little more connected to the actual vehicle when you're driving it. I'm all about that. Yeah, you can throw a clutch in just about anything. I'll, I'll take an EV with a clutch in it. I think. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and so that's the funniest thing. We had partnered up with uh, with one of Ford's builders uh, about four years ago, and they built. And this was just before the 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 Mach-E came out, the electric. Um, they actually built a Mustang with a manual transmission, and electric motor. And I said, guys, this is genius. If you get the quote unquote throttle mapping right, you guys can make this thing drive just like anything you want. You want to drive like a five liter? Put that pedal map in it. You want to drive like a 512 Ferrari? Put that map in it. And I mean, you can literally have just anything you wanted. So um, I need to find that darn car because I never got to drive it. Not that I'm bitter. But I'm a little bitter. <laughs> we, we never tell. Yeah, it was a scene a couple years ago, I think, man. There was a white yeah. Mustang, I think it was, that had a manual, yeah. electric manual transmission in it. Yep, yep, yep. It was, it was, it was pretty trick. And uh, I was actually set to, to kind of come up to, to Detroit and check this thing out. And the, <laughs> I think they, like I said, the uh, uh, the Mustang Mach E was just on the cut. I think it was being released that fall. And I think that kind of maybe. They kind of killed the project a little bit, but super cool. It's still out there somewhere. Feel free. Contact me at Jeff Jerko at ManticClutchUSA.com. I will show up and drive the wheels off of it. Nice. <laughs> hey, Jeff, I got one more question. So when we're stacking all these clutches in there, do you end up running out of room? What What do you do there? Do we go into custom bell housings and all sorts of things? Uh, what, what's the strategy? So there obviously is a limit. Like I probably can't go 12 this. That's going to probably be the limit. Uh, I'm not saying I won't try it once or twice, but anyhow. Um, so a couple tricks that we have is we can, you know, when the time you get to a quad or a quin or a six, you're looking at, you're going to have a solid hub anyway. Cause you got to save a little space in the center. You can start going a little bit thinner on the intermediate plate because just like a motorcycle clutch, um, you're getting into more of a clutch pack. Uh, serves the same function, and because you have so many more friction surfaces, uh, you don't have to be so concerned about having such a, such a thick intermediate plate. So, like, I'm building a triple disc for the 18-22 Mustang because they're limited on bell housing space, and uh, we can kind of shrink that clutch down to, to fit that and give them an option. And, uh, yeah, it's just, again, some of the tricks of the trade, you you only have so much real estate, so you kind of got to use it the best that you can. Well, on your standard twins and triples, do you keep those uh, torsion springs in each one of the discs? Is that required to keep that same level of, let's say, absorption of engine pulsations and whatnot? Yeah, usually a twin, uh, we keep a sprung hub in. Again, unless it's more of a dedicated road race car or dedicated drift car, you know, then we'll go solid hub. Uh, but, but yeah, that's exactly it. The you try to keep the, the springs in the hub, uh, just to try to keep things quiet. Like I said, that really doesn't affect your drivability. I can put you in a cushion solid hub that drives just as nice as a cushion sprung hub. It's just going to be a little bit more noisy. Um, but hey, Kevin, you're used to hanging out with Willie. He's pretty noisy. So, you know, same thing. In all sorts of ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Noises, <Noises, laughs> smells. I mean, you name it. It's just um, it's what you deal with. This is why we do these remote. Exactly. You don't want to get together exactly. and do these podcasts. So, look, Jeff, where, how do people like plug into everything you guys are doing? How do they see what you guys bring to the table? And just jumping on your website, my God, man, you guys have really increased some skews. 
there's so many, I mean, everything from Subarus, a lot of Toyotas. Uh, you guys are really, you're putting out some numbers, man, which is impressive. So how do people plug into you guys? Yeah, man. Uh, Manic Clutch USA is our website. You can find just about anything and everything like Willie mentioned there. Uh, Facebook page, we do updates. We've got an Instagram account, you know, all the socials there, really. I, uh, I have yet to shake it to break it on TikTok, but my marketing guy has almost talked me into it. So brace yourself, boys. Oh, man. <laughs> Only if you do like a clutch dance. <laughs> yes, there may or may not be a clutch involved. I'll see if my <laughs> wife signs off on that. Uh, too funny, man. Hey, don't forget about our show, Aaron Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. It's also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is a streaming format, a great way to find us. Thanks to our guest, our boy Jeff from Manic Clutch. Make sure you check it out, manicclutchusa.com. Uh, they are absolutely great. Their customer service is unbelievable. Um, he is Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B.D. Our producer is Cooper, executive producer Bob Ecker. Don't forget to check out our website too, twoguysgarage.com. Check us out on social. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted 2022, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Nice, Jeff. Well, hey, man, as always, dude, it's great catching up with you, bro. We love you, and it's just uh, awesome you guys are, are keeping at it so hard, man. Keep up the great work, bro. Hey, man, I'm thrilled you guys have me on the show. You ever have an opening, hit me up. I'm literally sitting here at my daughter's soccer practice looking in the rearview mirror while watching the girls go at it. So the fact I didn't get taken out by a soccer ball here in the middle of this was quite a feat itself. Amen, brother. Amen. Right on, man. Well, thanks. Thanks for all the good scoop because, man, like I said, it's easy to get yourself in trouble with a clutch, and there's no bigger bummer than getting all that stuff installed and realizing, man, I just pulled the wrong trigger. So thank you so much. Hope you guys learned some stuff. Stay out of trouble yourselves, and we'll keep you on. We'll see you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.